Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. Make your plans now to join us for the G3 National Conference, September 30th through October 2nd, as we'll gather for Christian fellowship and the worship of God through song and the preached word. Our theme for the 2021 conference will be centered on biblical Christology. You can find registration details at g3men.org. Get 15% off by mentioning code G3BAR. That's G3BAR. the bar come on and pull up a seat and open up your bible what a wonderful feast the living bread and we're discussing what it means for the streets the inner cities and the burbs and every person we meet this is where we challenge worldviews that we hear from world news in light of the scripture we are here to serve you we're your source for resources to help you on your way as you battle mean forces this is for the people who can see the importance of sound theology and the scripture that support it and this is for the truth lovers biblically performing preaching christ to the nations yeah welcome to the of reformation yeah the bar biblical and reformed so grace and peace everyone it's your man t barlow with another episode of bars biblical and reformed spitters and today i have a brother on the line who i came across through uh Dwayne uh, on instagram and i got to hear just a tad bit of his music and so i'm a little excited about talking with him today. And this is a brother by the name of Benaya. Can you say what's up to the people for me, sir? What's good, man? How everybody doing today? Yes, man. Praise God. I'm so glad that you came on. Uh, you know, take a little bit out of your schedule to, to talk with me today. Uh, so first and foremost, man, just uh, give us some some basics about you, man. Like, like who is Benaya, man? Where where you from? How did you get to where you are today? That that sort of thing. Man. Um... I grew up in Victoria, Texas. That's where I was born and raised for half of my life. Uh, made some real stupid choices just growing up. My mama was a great mother, no ill will towards her, but she worked so much that she couldn't really raise us. And so uh, my brother decided to hit the bus and I decided to hit the streets. And everything a black statistic was, I was there by like age 13. And so, um, I don't know, man. I kind of uh, fell in love with like two-star gangster films where they like take over the world, and so that was like low-key my my idol to do was to take over the world, selling drugs and whatnot. And it took till about the end of my senior year when I had lost my brother and my sister to gang violence that I decided to try to do something different. It didn't work out the first go around. And so um, I decided that, you know, I was going to just throw my life away, sell drugs, and do what I had to do to survive. And I was driving one day, man, um, going about 65 miles an hour on the highway. 
And I said, God, if you're real, I need you to speak to me. Because if you don't speak to me right now, like, I'm going to throw my life away. I don't want to hear that church crap where it's like God told me to tell you this. Like, I need to hear it from the source. And I was just fed up and adamant about it. And so I'm driving, man. And it seemed like the whole world stopped. And I just heard in my spirit, I'm real. And so, obviously, you know, I freaked out, called my mama, told her I was going to hell. <laughs> and, you know, she was freaking out. She was coming up with all kinds of scenarios, thinking I did some stuff. And, man, really, from there, the rest is history. God just worked on me, molded me. I'm where I'm at now. Wow, man, that's, that's, that's crazy. Uh, so, um, when uh, I... I, I, I hope hopefully this is not like opening up any like wounds or anything. Like what exactly? Because because like you you said you by your by your mission you were in the street life and so forth. Like how was it that when you had that tragic event in your family? Like what is it that you think stopped you from being uh, like vengeful? You know what I mean? Like like wanting to go back and, and, and seek blood for that as opposed to changing your life. Um, I guess it was I don't know how to explain it it was it was a very empty feeling because it was like you know I spent so much time gang banging and doing whatever and you know you hear about you know death or jail that's for life but when it actually like hits you especially when it hits close to home it's like you know is this really what you want to give your all to is this really what what you know the quality of life is worth and then especially as a black man, you know, I look at the community and I look at, you know, everybody wants to, you know, do something great, but they're stopped by the circumstances of the things that surround them. And so really like when my when my brother passed and my sister passed, it, it took a while because at first, you know, I was angry and I acted like a child. I acted out of anger. But at some point, you know, I just kind of realization that yo you can have better this is the life that you chose and because you're not dead you still have another chance so what you gonna do with it I see man hey you know so when it comes to uh, when it comes to like like the point to where like you knew that there was some like a change that was going on inside of you like man like like what did you uh like did you go and uh, like seek like fellowship with other Christians? Like how did you end up? Uh, you know, like are you in the church? You know, like how does that work for you? So I, um, the same day that you know I heard God speak to me, the only like diehard Christian I knew, as far as like living it out through and through, was my aunt Alexis Ware in Little Rock, Arkansas. And I was like, Mama, you gotta take me because if you don't take me now, like this, this may be like. You know, one of those feelings that, you know, you feel good on Sunday and then come Monday, you're back doing what you're doing. So it's like, I got to get out of Texas today, right now. And so my mama took me there and I spent like two, three weeks with my aunt. She was just getting on my nerves. She was, she was Christian, but she, I wouldn't say she had a religious spirit. She just just had some, there's some growth that she had to do. And so um, for me, it was like, oh, I can't, I can't be under a watch eye like this 24-7 so she um enrolled me in this program called Cadre Academy and at this point like in my life I had hated white people like I with a passion didn't like in the way that nothing like I just hated them for whatever reason don't know why just hated them and God's so funny man 
um, my aunt was like, do you want to go on this program? And I was like, sure, you know, I, I need to learn about God. I feel like I'm getting stagnant here with you, so let's do it. And so um, <laughs> I get to this church, right? And it's nothing mm-hmm. but like ori- Oriental kids and black kids outside. So I'm thinking, yo, this is a mixed church. I'm going to go into a nine-month program with mixed kids. So I'm cool. Like, I was, everything is copacetic. And when I walked through the church, man, it was me and maybe another black person. That was the only people that were doing the program. Wow. So for the first, like, three weeks, I didn't talk to anybody. I was cussing out pastors. I was cussing out my leaders. Like, I just did not care, man. And um, that program molded me. But what was really the start was after the first couple weeks, they took us on a camping trip. And, you know, I'm thinking, you know, as a black man, I'm not, I can't stereotype all black men, but the black men I know, we don't go camping. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I just true, slip on the floor before. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't do camping. Right. <laughs> so we, we go and camping, right? And it's nothing but white people in the woods. So I am already got my back, like, to the tree. I'm just like, nah, bro, it ain't going to go down. Like, it go down in the movies. I'm just paranoid. And, <laughs> right. Uh, I'm talking to my homeboy named Avery. He's a Hispanic dude, so you know he's closest thing to black that was there. So we're talking, making fun of these white people because they're grabbing sticks and they're like saying that you know this stick represents my burden, and they throw it in the fire. And when the fire hits it, oh, your burden's gone. So I'm thinking, yo, this is stupid. This is cliche. And this girl walks up to me uh, by the name of Jacqueline, and apparently she hated black people, right? And she was bold, because I'm, I'm, I'm 6'1", 270 pounds. Like, not a lot of people just get in my face. Right, right. And she was like 5'2", and she got in my face, and she was just going off, and she called me the N-word, right? And I balled my fist up, and I was about to, I promised I was about to knock this girl out with everything in me. And, and I kind of, like, asked God in my spirit, like, why is this girl talking crazy to me? I don't know her. I've never did anything to her. You know what I'm saying? Yada, yada, this, that, and third. She was like, and I felt like God was saying, what was the same thing you've been doing for the past 19, 20 years? And so I just broke down and I started crying. And I ended up, you know, because I was all in my fields grabbing a stick. (laughs) And I didn't know at the time it was a log. It wasn't like a little stick. But like, you can imagine me, I had a hoodie on at the time too. And I was grabbing a big stick, walking towards all these white people in the fire. So like, everybody's face was quiet. Right, and so you could tell they were excited to hear me talk because they ain't heard me talk other than cussing somebody else. And the first sentence I said was, "I hate white people," and so like all the happiness that was on their face went away. <laughs> and I said, "You know, I want to give it to God, and you know, try to you know do what I need to do, man." And I threw that fire in the stick. I mean, I threw the stick in the fire, man. And it's like, still to this day, like, it's so cliche to me, man. But when I threw that stick in that fire, man, it just felt like that burden was, like, lifted. And, you know, I hugged my first white man that night. And, you know, now I'm married to a white lady with a mixed kid. And, like, you know what I'm saying? It's just funny how God works. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it is. That's amazing, man. Like, you know, and it's crazy because, like, you know, I always talk about, you know, like with all the stuff that happens, you know, like with all the stories that we have come across, like, you know, when it comes to like injustices among between uh, blacks and whites and so forth, you know, I always tell people it's like, man, like, like you can march until you blue in the face, you know, and you can protest and, and you want to go ahead and tear up your communities and stuff like that. But in all honesty, like, man, when you come with like, you know, we like, when you look at, 
when you look at that type of a thing, you see like really at the root of it all, it's, it's a sinful heart. And the only solution to sin is the power of God. And so like right here, you know, just kind of to hear you say that, it's like, man, look, it's like it wasn't no march that, that fixed this. It wasn't no law, it wasn't no overturned decision in a court case. It was like, man, no, it was you outside in the woods fellowshipping with people who I, who apparently had a love for God. You know, yeah. even with all of his cliche, with all the cliches and stuff in there, man. So like that's that's an awesome story. And so, so you went from somebody who actually hated white people to to one who actually is married to one. Yeah, I know, man. I trust me, my boys still give me a hard time. They're like, bro, really? I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> so I don't know what happened, man. God funny. That's all it is, God yeah. funny, man. But even then, like, I've got a lot of opportunities in my life. And had I had been ignorant enough to stay in that mind state, man, I wouldn't even be where I'm at today. And it's not even right. like an ode to white people. It's more of an ode to the glory of God and how he can use the very things that we feel like we hate to elevate us. So, man, it was, I mean, it's been a beautiful journey. Man, that's awesome. So, now, I want to talk about you as an artist, right? Um, like, how... Uh, like when did when did that start for you before or after your conversion? Oh, so I, I was always doing music. Everybody knew me as a rapper. That's that's what I did. I love music. Like it, it helps me get through life. And so, okay. Uh, I, I've been doing it, and when I met God, I gave it up. And um, shout out to Lecrae, no ill will towards Lecrae. Um, his music is just not for me. And so when I um, decided to start doing music or I felt like God was telling me to do music, it took me a year and a half. And I was just like, God, I don't want to be Christian. I don't want to be Christian hip hop as for what it is today. I want to be Christian hip hop as for what it what it is in the hood, meaning it's raw, it's real. It's that gospel that hurts. It's that gospel that changes lives. It's that gospel that's not sugar coated. It's real life, it's stories, it's sometimes I, I hear God, sometimes I'm not hearing God, sometimes I walk in faith, sometimes I don't walk in faith, and just that real life, because for me, I feel like people come to church, and if that pastor's not giving you that raw, real gospel, they'll walk away looking at the pastor saying, okay, well, the pastor must be perfect, the people in here are perfect, there's no brokenness here, so I can't bring my baggage here, and for me, it's like, I don't want that. I want you to know that whether you got a Nazi symbol tatted on your face or whether you just got fresh out of prison, yo, you can come holler at me. Let's talk about the gospel and I'm going to give it to you raw and real. And you either going to like it or you not, period. Like, But the truth is true. I feel like a lot of people sugarcoat it. So for me as an artist, when I made this transition to do this music, it was like, okay, I'm going to say whatever I need to say, however I needed to say it absence of cussing in the hopes that people see my heart and see the realness of who I am and then they can open their minds up to the answer because Snoop Dogg and Wiz Khalifa are not telling you to smoke weed there's not one song where they say hey you as the listener go smoke weed they're saying I'm having a good time so I'm smoking weed I'm going through something so I'm smoking weed this is my life and this is how weed equates to my life so what I want to do is say, hey, look, I'm going through something, I give it to God. Sometimes I forget, but at the end of the day, I give it to God. You know, me and my wife are fighting, I give it to God. Because I know what to be true is, if you've tried everything else, and it ain't worked, 
if somebody can say and show you that they went through the same thing and they tried God and they came out on the other side, then your human nature is, well, let me try this. I tried everything else. Hmm. Okay. I, I can dig that. Now, I've heard, uh, again, like I, I haven't heard a whole lot because like, you're, you're fairly, as far as an artist, uh, new to my ears. Um, there was a, a song, and I think it was like you posted it on your Instagram, and it sounded like it was uh, kind of a tribute. Was it to your grandfather? Yeah. Or yeah. So tell me a little something about that song. Uh, me and my uh, my grandpa, strongest man I know. Uh, he man taught me. Ooh, I'm trying to tell. <laughs> but man, he just he taught me everything. Just how to be a man. You know how to tie tie. Just everything. And uh, he, I had found God for a little bit but I ain't went through nothing when I found God meaning you know I knew who God was and I was on that Christian high that you know I'm trying to save the world that you know I'm not dealing with any problems financially physically I'm just like in a bubble and so the first big thing that happened to me since I got saved was my grandpa got diagnosed with Alzheimer's and my family's a big family but we're very close knit and so it just kind of destroyed my family watching him get sick watching him um, you know just deteriorate in front of my eyes and so the song was just a tribute to him and just to uh, let him know that like you know his legacy it still lives through me but also to let God know that hey yo I'm hurting don't let me lose you because of my pain because normally I did something different in my pain but now that I know you I don't think I can do something different but, you know, just like playing basketball, the coach can teach you how to shoot, but when it's three seconds left on the clock and they pass you the ball, you're going to shoot the way you've been shooting for however long you've been playing ball. And so for me, it was just like, God, don't let my reaction to this be repetitive the way it used to be. Let it be honoring and pleasing to you. Wow, okay. I like that. There you go. So like when you, when you listen to it, like, man, you can you definitely hear, like, just a deep respect for uh for somebody you know who, who like you know for basically for your grandfather that you you could tell that he was a very just very influential in, you know in your life uh do you I'm sorry do you still have him or did he did he pass on or yeah yeah he's he's still here um yes I see him maybe once a year if that um tell he's uh he was in the hospital at the end of this year and it's, he he's on he's definitely on his last leg for sure but I'm, I'm grateful for the time that he had and honestly like that song was probably uh three four years ago really and it was yeah i mean every everything that i posted on my instagram was mm -hmm. three four years ago i haven't posted anything new i've dropped new albums since then but not under the name benaya i had a name okay. before benaya but i prayed about it and did the name change and so this year be the first year I dropped something as Benaya and so the sound is completely it's still raw and real but it's completely different and it's just a thousand percent authentically me like honestly you'll hear my music and you'll either love it and I'll be your favorite artist or you'll hate it because it calls out so much in who you are as an individual and your walk with mm -hmm. God that you you have no choice but to say okay either I gotta check myself or I gotta ignore the truth all right. So, all right. So, so walk me through that then. Like, as far as as, as far as the uh, your evolution as an artist, like, um, who were you dropping? What 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 name were you dropping music under before Benaya? Before Benaya was 
Jordan Godson Henderson. Okay. And um, it really just started off as I got saved and I was on Facebook and I mean anybody can tell you in my where I grew up like I was the worst. You know, I was selling drugs, I was fornicate, I just everything under the sun I was doing. And so the name Jordan Henderson, where I'm from, is just not pretty. Like you could hear a thousand different stories. It's not pretty. So for me, God's son putting that in the middle was like a reminder to myself and a reminder to people like, hey, I'm changed, I'm a new creation, yada yada. And so um, I have never been easily influenced, but for some reason when I got saved, I got easily influenced. Like people were telling me what type of music to do, how to put it out, like just just not allowing me to be in my artistry. And because they were older in the faith, I felt like, okay, well maybe they're right. And so that's, you know, I did a couple years on the Jordan Johnson Henderson. And um, during this, or this past year, going into this year, um, just praying about a name change and things of that nature. And um, I was actually um, talking to my boy Zanti and we were just praying about a name change together and we came up with Benaiah and if you look up Benaiah in the um, Bible he's known as a lion chaser and if you just like sift through his life you can see that at least for me like everything he been through, he went through in today's context was my life everything he stood for so this this album this name change is just like it's unapologetically me like, if it hurts your feelings, great. If it makes you mad, great. If it changes your life, great. But I want you to understand, like, I'm authentically who I am. And God has placed this message on my heart. Because there's gangsters out there in the hood. There's people out here that are not getting church. And so they're not going to receive church the way that we do on Sunday. But they will receive this music and get the same message that you got in church. Okay, so so you would say then, like your target audience is basically you you want to you want to you want to address the unchurched, probably more so than you do want to address those who are regulars at church. Like you're you're like, man, listen, I want to make sure I want to I want people to hear the gospel who don't hear the gospel. Is that what, is, is, am I correct in saying that? Yes, sir. Okay, hey, and, you, and, and you mentioned the name. You said Zanti. Is that like the you know the guy taught me Zanti? Yeah, yeah, Zanti. Okay, now you guys are. I mean, like, well, y'all, you guys are in the same uh, same from the same area. Oh, we're we're not at all. I actually uh, probably about two years ago, two years, year and a half, maybe two years ago, I did a, a so gone challenge that almost went viral. So close. Really? <laughs> and I posted it, on, posted it on Facebook and his dad hit me up and he was like, hey, you know, I have my son, yada yada, he does rap. And I was like, oh God, you know, another, I have a lot of people in my inbox that are rappers. And so I was like, oh God. Yeah. And so I looked up Zanti's picture and honestly, like, the Zanti, how he looks now is not how he looked when I met him. And so I was okay. like, oh God, all right, well, let me hear his music. So I heard his music, and that's before he was Zanti, he was Tati Zachariah. And I okay. was like, okay, you know, dude got some potential. Let me, you know, big boy and try to mentor him. And so I called him, and if the mentorship maybe lasted two or three days. And mm-hmm. then after that, it was just like, music just went out the door, and we just became friends. Yeah. 
and when we just, you know, vibe and connected and continue to grow our friendships. And that's, I mean, that's what it's been since then. It's just, you know, I've been with him through the journey when he, you know, made decisions about labels and yada, yada. And it's just, it's been a good journey. Like, he's a solid kid through and through. Like, I've, I've never met someone with the spirit of God so heavy on him. Like, just when I, watching him worship and things like that, like, he's, definitely a solid kid man and I'm, I'm excited to see what God has for him and I'm, I'm glad that like his name changed and you know God taught me was the first like video single he put out and I'm glad that you know it did what it did because I mean it's well deserved like the, the, the obstacles he's overcome that I failed <laughs> growing up he right, deserved, right right you know what I'm saying yeah that's, that's what's up hey, so um so like where are you located right now? Because I know you, you mentioned Texas, then you mentioned, like, Little Rock. So, like, where are you headed out of right now? So, right now, I'm headed out of Dallas, Texas. I just moved here a year ago. Okay. All right. I was, just in, one, I was one in Little Rock, but I moved down here. All right. That's crazy. I was just in Little Rock, like, like literally, like, like, about three, maybe four weeks ago. Uh, well, I was like in a little place called Bryant, as a matter of fact, doing some work down there yeah, for my yeah, job. Yeah, Bryant, yep, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Um, now, um, this portion of the of the show, man, I, I typically like to ask, like, man, like, like, who are some of your, uh, what would you say, some of like your major influences, uh, like coming up over the years, and I mean, both secular and Christian, if you got them. Uh, man. Um... Honestly, it's it, it, man. So if you just want to talk music in general, like you're obviously you know your Tupac and your Big, that's yeah. you know, the cop out. Um, but if you want to like as far as deeper into music, I would say like Snoop Dogg, and not necessarily just music, just how he's unapologetically him and how he's been able to continue to stay relevant in the culture. Um, I would say. J. Cole, I really, you know, like him. Um, Nipsey Hussle, I've watched the way he makes business moves. And so he takes uh, the rap culture and makes it business. And he owns different businesses outside of the rap culture. And so that's a big influence for me because it's like, you know, I don't have to stop here with music. I can, you know, build an empire for my kids and stuff like that. And then... Those are that's really it as far as like hip hop. I'm I'm more of a soul type person. Like I'll listen to your your jagged edge, your um, tank, your uh, Shirley Caesar, like just anything old school, anything before 1990. That's me. <laughs> like yeah, you come yeah. to my house at any point in time, you you can hear uh, uh, the last two dollars. You know this little old school music I, I love it man it just because it gives you a feeling and that's what I try to do for my and I think it's best for me as a rapper to maintain my own style not to listen to so many other rappers or be influenced by their actual music but more so by the feeling and so when I listen to older school old school music it's like how can I rap and put that feeling that I got from this old school song into a rap so when you hear it you also get that feeling and so that's more of that influences me is more of your old school R&B jazz things of that nature more than hip hop does I can dig it so uh, so as far as is that 
what consists of your playlist now? Like, who who do you listen to now? Who who would you say is some of the artists? Um, current. I mean, like, like you saying that yeah, you, you you pretty much sticking with like mostly old school stuff. But do you have anybody who's like new on the scene that you uh that you, that, that you've been watching move and been listening to lately? The two new guys that I've been on that's been on the scene is um, this dude named Westside Boogie. Some of his content is a little off, but it's from the soul, it's from the heart, and I love that. And then there's a Christian hip hop artist, which is he's probably low key one of the dopest artists in the game right now. His name is uh, Toby No, I don't know how to say his name. It's like N W I G E Nwigi or something like that. He's Nigerian. And he's out of Houston, really? Texas. And boy, when I tell you, he he can tell a story. He can tell a he can tell a good story. Definitely, I wouldn't put him in the top tier of storytellers. But his metaphors and his bars, like when you talk about hip hop, it, it's 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 dumb. Like you can't. There's not. You can't listen to thirty seconds of him and not believe he's the greatest rapper in the world. I promise. Like, like, <laughs> wow. Like, and and I'm and I pride myself. Like I I'm when I get on the mic, especially like my new stuff, I'm like, yeah, there there's very few people that are messing with me, if any at all. But when I heard dude, I was just like, all right, God, I need to step <laughs> my pen up. Like he'll make <laughs> right. you rewrite he'll make you rewrite a hit viral song, bro. Like <laughs> he's that dope, man. Wow, that's awesome. All right, so now you got stuff coming out, man. You got the name change, rebranding, and so forth. Uh, I'm pretty sure you probably still got projects out there. Where can the people find your work? Uh, where can they find you? Like, what, is, what are some of the outlets in which they can get a hold of you and so forth like that? My uh, number one outlet is Instagram. You know, just put nine in Instagram. Um, if you want to find my music... It'll be under Benaya, but it won't be under Benaya until by the end of end of February, beginning of March. So if you want to find my old stuff, just look up Jordan Godson Henderson, and that's cool. And I, I I appreciate all the support, but if you don't like my old stuff, that's cool too because Benaya, the sound, and everything else that comes out when it drops is uh, humbly it's gonna change the game. And I, I just believe in what God has put on my heart. Every song was prayed about. Every song has a scripture that goes with what I was writing about. And so it's just, I'm excited about it. Awesome. All right. Well, folks, again, you guys have been listening to me chopping up with Mr. Benaya. Uh, be sure to check him out at the various links that he just gave to you. Also, man, be sure to stay tuned. Hopefully, man, we got we got some hot fire from him. For you guys to listen to after this show uh, You've been listening to Bars Biblical and Reformed Spitters Be sure to check out the other shows In particular the show that started it all The Bar Podcast Now we've been having some powerhouse teachers come on So if you guys haven't been following Go check us out TheBarPodcast.com Also be on the lookout for shows like Just Thinking uh, With uh, Virgil and, and Darrell uh, Those two brothers are going heavy with uh, Taking a biblical worldview to, In light of uh, today's issues And so forth Um also, I say that I've been saying this all the time. Don't forget to go check out the page, Be Not Deceived. That's the page that started it all on Facebook. Oh, my goodness. Like, the traffic we've been getting through there has been crazy. We are past 15,000 likes now. For some odd reason, we've seen, like, a growth spurt. So, stop on by if you haven't. See what's popping over there on that page. It's the page where we just kind of 
we, we expose some false teachings and false doctrines and you know have some great conversation um, be sure to look for me T Barlow T Demaris Barlow that's T Faith D-E-I-M-A-R-I-S Barlow B-A-R-L-O-W on Facebook and you should be able to also find me on Instagram as TD Barlow and also on Twitter uh Type it in, find me. You can find me on Facebook. It's the easiest thing. Holler at your boy, man. I would love to hear your feedback on these shows. I thank y'all for listening. I love y'all to life. I've been nice standby as I end this call. To the rest of y'all, grace and peace.
What's up, bar listeners? It's finally here, the bar exclusive content. Yes, that's right. You can sign up to receive exclusive content as low as $2 a week or $5 a month, $50 for the year to get exclusive content. What is the exclusive content? I'm glad you asked. The exclusive content is additional information from my guests, extra time with them in like the green moon setting, laid back, them asking me questions, I ask them questions, and also the Facebook group. You get a invitation to the Facebook group where we will have discount codes for the bar gear and many many more make sure you sign up the links in the show notes join the vip inside the bar group and we'll see you there